and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, a podcast where we look at the very best of the worst of cinema. Uh, Mark, what are we doing to ourselves? What? Well, to be fair, I mean, we we came up with this. Um, regular listeners to our other shows will know that we neg on the Super Mario Brothers movie quite a lot. Um, for no other reason than it's just an easy target, I think. Um, but it it sort of made us realise there are quite a lot of things that um, may be worse than quite a lot of films we've seen, which are potentially horrendous in, and not in a good way. Some that are horrendous in a really good way. So we thought we'd go back and have a listen and give you the skinny on those and whether it's worth giving them a look or not. Yeah. So I mean, before we dive in, obviously, um, if we're going to be using Mario Brothers as our barometer here, then we kind of need to talk you through Mario Brothers first. So episode one, we're going to be looking at Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Uh, and then each episode, we will be going through another film and ultimately deciding whether it's better or worse than Mario Brothers, which is our kind of barometer of shitness, if you like. Um, it's it's yeah. not to say, I don't think either of us think this is the worst film ever made. It's certainly not the best. It is bad, but as bad films go it's probably not horrendous. So this, this is a good even keel as a barometer, we think. So, Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I mean, that's it. We, you know, we've watched plenty of movies together. We've watched plenty of movies apart and talked about them. Um, I'm going to start this episode off by reading the uh, the exchange we had via text last night, um, just because it kind of sums okay. up where we're coming from with this. Um, I started it by saying, I've just watched the first six minutes of Super Mario Brothers, and I already want to kill myself. To which you replied, I... I, I watched it earlier and kind of enjoyed it, so, on which I replied, I'm really hoping it picks up. So I mean, it wasn't the best of starts, I've got to be honest, and I think it was the, the opening sequence where he had that sort of really bad, obviously intentional, pixely computer game looking um, sequence with the dinosaurs getting blown up, but with the dinosaurs talking in really bad, cheesy, broken accents. <laughs> Now and that just kind of put me yeah, off. Now, what I mean, I've made notes as well. One of the very first things I've written down, in fact, the very first thing I've written down, is fucking awful animation to start. Uh, this looks like it was animated on fucking Microsoft Paint. It's dreadful. I don't even think it was that good, to be honest. I mean, it, it, I know they obviously went down the route to trying to make it look eight uh, bit and trying to make it look a bit like the you know, computer games would have looked, but it was just so bad. And pairing the dinosaurs with these really shitty over-the-top accents. I think just kind of set it up to fail to before it started, really. Yeah, now, those accents, just interestingly, because I've done my research as well, I, which may shock some of you listeners, because, as you know, I don't generally do a lot of research, but we're talking film now, I'm getting serious. Um, well, that's good, because I right, don't fuck up. Those accents, do you know who did the voices in that original cartoon sequence? That's fucking Dan Castellaneta. Yes. Really? That the first of many wow. names associated with this project that I will bring up over the course of this podcast that will just shock you, I'm sure. But before before we dive any further into that, let's um we, we kinda jump straight into the film. Let's just lay some, some basic ground rules for this podcast. Okay, so we are going to jump down this film's throat, I'm sure of it. Just to be clear though, making films is fucking hard. Okay, and the fact that this thing is made and complete and holds together deserves applause. So at no point do we wish to take away from the efforts involved by any of these people. No, absolutely not. I mean, we've been there, we've done it with a very, very, very small percentage of the budget they had. 
But I mean, you know, people worked on this movie. A lot of people worked on this movie, and they and they produced a product, and it's a product that clearly the uh, the studio believed in, that um, Disney Studios believed in, because they they set it up for a huge franchise, and it's only be, I think it's only because it bombed commercially that they didn't continue with that. So I mean, it's it's not as if you know, people went in and gone, ah, oh, yeah, we need to do something just to kind of you know, keep Mario going a bit. Let's just make a crappy film. Now people went out, went out to make the best film they could make with this. Yeah, and I I believe in my heart of hearts that is the intention with every film. I really do think that the people involved generally set out to make the best film they can make. Um, and I, this one in particular, I mean, that is not always the case. You know, sometimes you set out with the best intentions of making the best film you can make, and unfortunately you don't, and, and you'll realise that. But this one in particular, I genuinely think that certainly the creative team all thought they were doing the Lord's work here. I mean, they they really take this thing fucking seriously, I think. And it, this has always felt to me, I mean, not as a child when I first watched it, but every time I've watched it as an adult, and as I've said on previous podcasts, I've watched this quite a bit, actually. This has always felt to me like it was someone's baby that just happened to have a big franchise slapped on it. I get the feeling that this film was not conceived as Super Mario Brothers the movie. However, the studio needed a Super Mario Brothers movie, and so it was kind of retrofitted. That's very much how this feels. Um, yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, you could quite easily have this as a standalone story. Take the Mario, take Mario Bros. out of it. You have a um, a group of students on a dig um, who accidentally stumble into this parallel world and have the same adventure story just without two plumbers in it. And you have this largely the same story. Yes. And as you said, it just feels like it's been this sort of the Mario aspect has been tacked on. Yeah, it, I mean, to I the point where it is. I mean, you can only call it an adaptation because it is so loose. To the actual source material like this is not a faithful representation of anything to do with mario at all it's more in jokey than it is anything else um i genuinely yeah. think this was meant as a dark science fiction adventure film uh and somehow it had mm, to quickly yeah. get as family friendly as possible and i mean we'll touch on that later on but there are elements of yeah. this that are pretty fucking dark for what is essentially a, a family film um but just to go back to just sort of the the talent involved um this again and and what these people thought they were making like this thing is shot pretty fucking like it looks good you know um the, yeah it looks like an expensive film the shots are well composed it's beautifully lit the production design is strange but that's not to say it is bad um and and just yeah, i think i think with the design i mean to be fair on not just to cut out your view on that one i mean it was it had a very specific look it had a very innovative look the whole parallel universe, universe thing where things were kind of the same but not quite there that was very well realized and very well achieved and i think that for all the um criticism that this got uh, and, and sort of the, the, the failure that it was commercially People were very much on board with that. I mean, I remember there were fucking toys and comic books and shit about of, of the film, not just of Mario Brothers, but of the film. And I remember a friend of mine had the um, one of the police cars with the um, with the, the sort of the, 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 the riot plate on the yeah. front, sort of thing. And it was not. It was very obviously no. It was very obviously from the Mario Brothers film, and even the way it was all set up, the way the toys were set up, the way they did the Goombas and stuff like that. Everything has a very iconic feel to it. I mean, on another day in another year, this could have been another Star Wars. 
Um, yeah, I, I guess. Um, if it didn't have this weird retrofit of Mario shoved over. And I mean, don't be wrong, that's pure conjecture. I have not read anything that suggests that happened. Um, it just feels that way to me. Um, I don't know. There's just something about it that feels like it's a kind of... Well... Yeah, just a retrofitted adventure film. But anyway, getting back to the point, this this thing is shot beautifully. I mean, the cinematography here is done by Dean Semler. Now, Dean Semler also shot Dances with Wolves. He also shot <clears throat> Apocalypto. He also shot Maleficent. Like this is this is not an idiot. <laughs> this is a very accomplished no, cinematographer. No, yeah. Um, so I mean that that would explain that. And I mean just. It's got three writers credited, two main writers, and a yeah. third is credited as well. Now, two of those writers have not really done anything else of note. No. Um, the other one, however, is Ed Solomon. Ed Solomon wrote yeah. the Bill and Ted films and Men in Black. So, there is pedigree to this film. Like, there is no reason nor excuse for it to be as poorly received as it is other than it's a bit of a fucking car crash it, it is but i mean as i say talking about the talent i mean so we're talking to the the writers that and the cinematographer that you look at look at the talent on screen as well you've got a bob hoskins who was on the back of a what kind of it was an oscar nomination or a, a golden globe nomination you had Den, no, dennis fucking harper for christ's sake you know people believed in this project and no they, they threw a lot of money at this to make them no, to make it yeah a big and i mean deal. let's it let's not forget it, bob hoskins is coming to this off the back of roger rabbit as well so if you're making a family film like this is a real bankable name here yeah it, that's it and i mean i think that, that you've got that as well where you've got this it, it's a this this was probably the most com- no, commercially viable um property of of the early 90s you know, you had a slew of video games, you had consoles being sold solely on the back of these characters. And then you throw the likes of Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper at it. This was a this should have been an absolute gold mine. Yeah. And for whatever reason it Yeah, wasn't. this should have been a slam dunk. And had Look, it, I think if you had this cast and it wasn't a Mario Brothers film and you didn't have to pander to make it a Mario Brothers film in quite the same way that they've had to I think you'd have a much better product if it was solely a Mario Brothers film and it was more faithful to the product I think again you'd have had a better end result unfortunately what you've got is this weird car crash melding of the two but this was kind of the way especially in those early 90s this was kind of the way video games were adapted it was like if you look at anything video game adaptation that, that that's come out until very recently, in fact. It's like studios just don't know what to do with them. They don't know how to transpose those stories onto screen. And now part of that, I guess, is because, you know, a game like Mario or some of those older games, they don't have uh, narratives in the same way that games do now. So they would have had to stretch to make that work. However, the stretch they take here is pretty fucking big. <laughs> like... It is, and I mean, it's it's it, because it's so different. I mean, there's no suggestion in any of the games that I remember, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because you're a far bigger uh, authority on it than I am. I don't remember ever being a parallel world where there were police cars and you know, there was a, a dino Manhattan no. and things like that. It was never that no. close. Nor was it um, ever this so dark. I mean, I mean. 
No, that's that's true. And I mean, like you look at um, adaptations today. You look at um, no, you. Well, I say today, even going back sort of about ten years. Or so you look at you know, the adaptations of Doom and Tomb Raider and things like that. They they tried to stay as close to the material as they could, but realizing that you weren't going to make a PG product, you weren't going to be able to make something that was so saccharine and family friendly, and be able to be true to the characters and tell a story that, that fans of those characters wanted to see. And I think the with Mario, you had to do it because Mario is such an iconic character and very much aimed at people who were playing it. I mean, the first game I ever had for my Game Boy was um, Super Mario World, and no, and Mario that was the best thing I had. I was just you not know, going around and you know, that that was Mario was my was the thing. I would have been about seven. So you don't want to build a franchise on something that's really dark and you know, really twisted that people who are buying the product can't then go and watch. And I think I said it would make a lot of sense if this was retrofitted because. It's not a Mario story, and it doesn't deserve to be a Mario story. Mario stories are a lot more approachable than that, and a lot more accessible for everybody. Whereas, and you look at you look at um, the the new Tomb Raider film, you look at the Resident Evil films. Now they proposed they've been proposing an Uncharted film for about a million years. They would be a lot darker because of the characterizations, but you don't need that with Mario. What you need to do is present a family caper, which this should have been. Yeah, and and I think obviously um, there is now a new animated mario film coming down the line um and i think that will take that route i mean if for no other reason than uh shigeru miyamoto is actually credited as a producer on that and he's going to be front and center so he's got control of his own property whereas with this um and this is very unusual for nintendo but they were kind of out of the loop on this they literally sold the license and let them do their thing um and you know it it does show as i say i mean they pay lip service, you know. There are signs everywhere throughout the world um, with the shops. There's like Thwomp's Stompers and Bullet Bills and Hammer Brothers Tattoo yeah. Parlor and things like this. But that's about as far as it goes, you know. Even down to things like, obviously the the, the brothers get their their coloured overalls towards the end of the film. But like Luigi, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that. In Luigi a well. doesn't even have a fucking mustache. Like, what's that about? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like they went. They thought, okay, well, we'll get somebody who's a little bit short, a little bit squat, and a bit bald, and we can give him a mustache and make him Mario, and that's fine. What do we do with Luigi? Uh, well, we just get somebody younger and thinner and taller. Yeah, uh, just and it kind it kind of doesn't fit. I mean, it's it, it's almost like and I so I watched it last night for the first time in about twenty years, um, and it's it struck me as almost like they kind of went. We have no idea what to do with Luigi. Do we make him stupid? Do we make him a bumbling idiot? Do we make him the secret brain? Do we make him all brawn? Do we make him muscle and so we don't don't have to give him any thoughts? And they kind of went, oh, fuck. Um, Well, he's Luigi. And they didn't actually bother giving him any character. Yeah, you're right. You know, I I hadn't actually really thought about that. But, I mean, it clearly is Bob Hoskins' film. But the the kind of story revolves more around Luigi. But... He never really gets that much to do, and yeah, he certainly doesn't have much of a character outside of being a believer as such. There's this whole thing about Mario that, not believing right. in things, and Luigi being this kind of optimistic, kind of um, free-spirited character, and and that's about as far as it but, goes. But even that, that's I mean, even that. Though, I mean, you get that in the beginning. You have the um, like the unsolved mysteries type program. I can't remember what it's called. So you have that, and you get you no know, Mario being all skeptical and Luigi being you no know, hooked into it. And then you get nothing about it for most of the film. And then towards the end, you start getting nods back to it just to set up the gag at the end. There, Yeah, but I mean, that was a nice callback. There are there are a couple of... 
there are techniques at work in this film that again suggest that everyone involved knows what they're doing you know there are a number of callbacks in the writing which we'll we'll come to as we we come to work through the film um and th but then there are things like that and there's things like the dialogue which we'll come on to as well which which are just <laughs> like how the hell it, it really does feel like a fucking frankenstein's monster of a film um yeah it's very much sort of put together isn't yeah it? but again that, that's why sort of i know we, we briefly discussed whether we were going to use this as our barometer or not and that's kind of why i think it is a good barometer because there are bits of this that genuinely are quite good and then there are bits that are fucking atrocious um and and that just leads to this kind of tragically mediocre family adventure film <laughs> that's, the, that's the best way i can sum it up it's not it, this that's... isn't an awful film as i say and don't get me wrong there, there will be films we look at in this series i'm no doubt that are absolutely atrocious and this isn't it's just really not very good <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i think that i mean th this th this film watching it yesterday at no, 34 years old um it's kind of an affront to my childhood, but in, in such a way that I remember this film being bad. I saw it when it came out. I went to see it in the cinema, um, and I thought it was a bit crappy. It wasn't a Mario film. I didn't, no, I didn't sort of go into it. And, no, I didn't come out of it thinking, oh, that's bad because of this. It just wasn't a Mario film. No, it, you had people called Mario and Luigi who looked a bit like them, but that was it. There was no, there was nothing Mario about this, this film. Having watched it back now, I kind of go well. What the fuck was that? What What did they do that for? Yeah, I, yeah. You know, we, we've talked lots on on various shows about you no know, no choice of meaning, and you just kind of get the impression they've just haven't chosen. They've just thrown shit at a wall and hoped something stuck. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it's a, a choice meaning thing in in that standpoint so much as it's the choices were made for a different film. I think is 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 the problem. Um, yeah, and you do get the impression that when they try and they, they, they shoehorn things in, like the um, the bomb, for example. Oh, we'll we'll definitely kind of like, get to the bomb. <laughs> I mean that that whole device was fucking useless anyway. I mean the, the the device in the film, not the not the actual device. Um, but the whole thing it was just like it was really contrived. And you're like, well, what is the point in that? Why not just you know, have him drop a hand grenade? Yeah, and then you no, know, everyone forgets about it because he dropped it and let you know, it goes off. Yeah. You know, it's like no, there was there no was point. no point, and it was just literally to sell that little fucking clockwork thing that walks a bit yeah. and doesn't actually blow up when you buy it because you know they can't sell you explosives when you're a kid. But you know, it's that sort of thing. It's like there was no need for it, and if it had this not had the Mario, you know, the Mario name stamped all over it, and had some of these you know, these two characters shoehorning when they didn't need to be, you wouldn't have had that, and you'd have had equally as annoying, insulting, brilliant a plot device just without the little yeah. toy. Yeah, I think you're right, but you know, um, just right. I'll I'll say my piece here, and then we definitely will dive into the the film itself and pull it apart a bit. Um, but just to sort of pick up on on that, yes, you wouldn't have had that, but probably. I mean, I, I'm not sure how it did theatrically. I don't think it bombed actually. I don't think it did too bad. Um, but I don't think it would have banked at all were it just this dark fantasy it probably would have been one of those films that just found its its way onto video but certainly like you mentioned you went to see it as a kid and you remember thinking it wasn't mario but i 
so when this came out it was uh, 1993 I was 12 years old I absolutely kicked and screamed to watch this film uh, Mario was a huge thing for me I had a Super Nintendo I loved it you know I've talked about this ad nauseum um, I was going to go to the cinema on my own because I was 12 years old. I was old enough. Um, and my mother stopped me. I went berserk to the point where eventually my nan decided to take me. And God, my poor nan had to sit through this fucking thing in the cinema with me sat next to her. And like, as a 12-year-old kid who, let's, let's not forget, this really is the first time that anything has happened like this with a video game like this you yeah. know this was big you know like for a for a video game nerd oh, like, this was huge yes it wasn't my mario yes i knew even at 12 that this wasn't what it was supposed to be but fuck me would i take what i would could get and i was just things like the babom then you know and the goombas even though they weren't like the goombas that are in the game and especially yoshi who was i was a huge fan of in the games and then all of a sudden yoshi's in there and he kind of a bit looks like yoshi if you squint and he's a horrible nightmare version then yeah i i get it so yeah it was it was enough and i think maybe that's why it stuck with me a bit as well because i do get a nostalgia kick from it and that's certainly why I've now bought it three times. Um, I bought it as a child because I had it on VHS. I remember buying it on DVD. Before we came to do this podcast, I tried to find it and can't. Maybe common sense got the better of me and I gave it away or sold it. Um, so I've bought it again for, <laughs> for this podcast. I don't regret that decision, if I'm honest. But anyway, so that's where I'm coming I, from I, I, with I, it. So. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll follow you on that. I mean, I, I saw it as a child. I never really thought about it again. I've seen it on TV over the years. It was on ITV2 probably about September, October time. And I flicked past it. Oh, okay, maybe I'll give that a look and then find something else to watch, like you know, paint drying or something. Um, yeah. But again, when you know, when we start talking about this, I thought, right, I'll see if I can find it on Netflix or Prime or anywhere else. And it's not on there. Well, it's, on, it's on Prime if you buy it. it wasn't, it's not part of the, so the Prime subscription. And it was, I think it was like four quid or something. Oh, fuck it, I'll pick it up. Now, to, to, to flip on that, it was readily available on iTunes. I found it on iTunes straight away. They went fucking eight quid for their shit. For a 20-plus-year-old fucking movie. Yeah. And that though, that was that, that was something, okay, well, maybe it's more popular than I thought. But then I thought, I'm not paying eight quid for this. No. Uh, I considered buying it on Blu-ray, which would have been a tenner. Um, just because there's oh, a there's a fairly yeah. lengthy documentary on there, I think it's like fifty minutes long or something. And I was I was interested, but no, I was not spending a tenner on this. I spent a fiver on it, and it was worth a fiver. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves on on what we think of it and wrapping up. Let's let's actually dive into the story. We we've, we've rambled a fair bit yeah. about our background with it now. So okay, I don't think we've hit on anything too major yet. But just in case for a twenty. Five, no, even more than that. Twenty-six-year-old film. Spoilers, okay? Yeah. Before we launch into that, actually, just to cover your point, you said about it um, not tanking uh, commercially. It it cost forty-eight million dollars to make, and it recouped at uh, at the at the theaters twenty-two and a half million. So it kind of yeah, tanked. It did tank then, okay? But imagine how much more it would have tanked were it not the Super Mario Brothers movie. Well, that's it. Um, it probably wouldn't have been greenlit, to be honest, if it wasn't Mario Brothers. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's 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 picked up obviously since me. It's, it's you've bought it three times. Um, you know, it's picked up something of a cult following over the years. So I mean, anyway, it will have made his money back by now, I would imagine. But yeah, it really didn't do too well, and Disney kind of uh, wouldn't have been too happy with that. No, no, I guess not. But yeah, okay, so it did bomb. But yeah, okay, so spoilers. Um, if you haven't seen it anyway, I don't really know why you're listening to this podcast unless you just love our dulcet tones. Um, but if you Maybe. haven't, go and spend a fiver or like two ninety nine to rent it. Um, go watch it, come back, and then be involved. You know, you, you'll, you'll at least yeah, we'll, we'll be here. You'll at least follow what we're talking about uh, as much as you can with this film. So, <laughs> so as Mark said, we we start off with this just absolutely fucking like inexcusably bad animation like i i mean i i've, I've got to say it, it was it was awful i i did preface a lot of what we said by saying it was fucking awful there was clearly a choice to try and make it look like the bit animation so i mean that partnered with the fact that i was not i, I was watching it as an hd download it, so it wouldn't have translated that well anyway there may be an element of that involved with it but i mean Given what they did with the rest of the effects in the film, it just it just cheapens it to begin with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, this is the first thing you see in the film, and it's like, oh fuck, this looks bad. Um, yeah, so what have I just paid to yeah. see? But then you get into this kind of stormy sequence where you see, I guess, what is the queen of the Mushroom Kingdom yeah. um, running through the streets of Manhattan, clutching this what we think is a baby, and is later revealed to be an egg. Um, she drops yeah. it off at a, a convent, I believe. Um, so, yeah. no, I had, I had I had a problem with this, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll just jump ahead a little bit. So she drops it off at a convent. She's banging on the door. She runs away. They take in this basket with this you know, crystal on top of the rest of it. They open the basket, and there's this giant fucking egg in it, which hatches to reveal a little girl. And these nuns are completely unfazed. Like this is the most normal thing in the fucking. Well, world. I mean, maybe they thought it was the second coming or something. But it's a giant green egg. That's not where babies come from. I know they're nuns and shit, so they wouldn't really be that worldly. But that's not where babies come from. I'll break this to you, dude, but I'm pretty sure Jesus isn't real anyway. So if they want to make him come from an egg, I guess he could come from an egg. Uh, Not that this is Jesus, of course. This is Princess Daisy, um, as we will find out later on down the line. So we get this this opening... um, where the egg is dropped off in a basket at a convent with, as you said, a, a crystal or what appears to be some sort of rock. Um, all very atmospheric, all very well shot, very well scored as well. Oh, yeah, very well scored by Alan Silvestri. Um, so again, the pedigree is is here. Um, and then then we cut to our first exposure to the Mario Brothers. Mario and Luigi are in their flat. Um, now, the one thing, if nothing else, that I think this film has going for it there is genuine chemistry between Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. I think like the interplay between the brothers is genuinely pretty fucking good. Like, yeah, if if the dialogue was up to snuff, it, it would yeah, be, it would be it, brilliant. It's, it's a good enough time with these two, um, and a lot of that, to be fair, is down to Bob Hoskins, who really is like just playing this. Oh, he carries yeah, this. He's, he's playing this like it, it, it. He's all in. Do you know what I mean? He is absolutely all in here. Um, interestingly, little tidbit. Apparently, he did not realize he was making a video game movie until his his son, I think it is, told him when he told him what the title was. Oh wow! So, I mean, he's just playing this like he would have played Eddie Valiant or anyone else. Like he's thrown himself into it. Well, that's it. certain. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's come off the back of that character. He's also come off the back of things like um, Mona Lisa. So, no, at this point, everybody knows who Bob Hoskins is, and they know he's a he's a serious actor who will do fun shit. Yeah, and he really does carry this piece. And as I said, the, the chemistry with uh, John Leguizamo is, is exceptional. It's only when you get later on with characters that he's not as or he doesn't have as much screen time with. I mean, the the girlfriend whose name was I want to say Daniela. I know that. Uh, um, uh, the chemistry with her is absolutely atrocious. It's like, oh, hello, I love you. you no, know, it's like, what, what the fuck's that? You know, it's it, there's there's nothing there. But you no, know, the you no, know, the, the the main the main body. It's in a way he really throws himself into. It. It's kind of like this. Well, this is an important scene. I'll just fucking drop this one. The stuff with the brother is really exciting. It's really interesting. It's really fun. That's where I put all the energy. Yeah. Now, now, point one. There, there will be a few points throughout this process where I. I draw attention to the easy fucking misses here. Um, so we don't have Princess Peach in this film. We have Princess Daisy. I don't know why. Uh, maybe they only played Mario Land and none of the other Mario games. Um, maybe. Makes no sense considering <laughs> that... You... I, I, I can sort of see it, actually, because if you have... Given the backstory, they've got this girl who was raised, who's raised as human and doesn't know her heritage. Daisy is a name. I don't know of anybody called Peach, unless they're Bob Geldof. Uh, yeah, but in a in a film where you also have Mario, Mario and Luigi, Mario, and it, it wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing. I mean, especially when yeah, you true. look at Samantha Mathis as well. She's got the blonde hair. She's got the blue eyes. Like she should have been Peach. Anyway, that's not what I was getting onto. What I was getting onto is um, because she's Daisy. Um, and she's therefore Luigi's girlfriend somehow, or Luigi's love interest. So Mario has his own love interest, who is a dark-haired Brooklyn girl. Why yeah. she was not called Pauline is beyond me. Um, easy when it was just naming the character, and you've got an instant callback to Donkey Kong. Um, easy, easy win for fanboys, but they missed it. Uh fools but again I, I guess that goes to show how there really wasn't a lot of love for the source material here at all um no so yeah anyway the boys sort of uh, jolly around town a bit to get to a job which they eventually get to and find the is it scapelli isn't it i think is it scapelli, yeah. Yeah. scapelli who's the big corporate plumber has, has beaten them to it uh, because yeah, I think there's kind of a, an um, allusion to the fact he's, he's some sort of mob boss. Yes, isn't there? very he's, much. He, so. It's one of his legitimate businesses, but it's you not know, realistically he's not on the up and up. Um, but again, they can't say that because I mean, there were lot there are lots of caricatures in films based in and around New York at that time where they had the same sort of caricature, and they really didn't want to piss off too many people who may or may not have borne resemblance to. Yeah, but it was very much the you no, know, very much the um, the suggestion that he you know, he was a. Uh, he he was a mafia he was a mafia don and the he the plumber's role was losing work to him because he because he was on the take from whoever yeah uh, and and they lose this one specifically because Luigi follows his gut and takes them a different way through Brooklyn to get to the job which will be the first time we see this kind of dynamic between them where Luigi's kind of just just trust in yourself and believe and Mario's like no 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 go this way and more level headed and rational anyway the boys get to the job late. Um, Scapelli ends up taking it. We then get this kind of very early B story about Scapelli being involved with shutting down a dig site that the university campus is excavating. 
because they've found some it, yeah, it's, dinosaur it's, fossils yeah. or something. It's it's kind of a flip of that. I mean, it's the the dig site has actually closed down his construction job because when they were blasting through bedrock, they uncovered fossils, which then the university got involved. So it's 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 kind of the opposite. It's not he has he's not shutting they've them shut down. They've down, shut him yeah. down, and he wants his site back. But then you get sort of again more religious the character whereby he threatens um, uh, uh, Daisy and say no, you should, no, shouldn't be around here at night or whatever he says. No, basically, no, we're coming back, so don't be here, sort of thing. You might get hurt. Um, and you cut. You know, there's this imminent threat, and because no, at this point you've had a good six, seven, nine minutes before or since the uh, the meteors killed the dinosaurs. Unless you know what's coming, and if you're just watching it as a film and you don't really know where it's going, you think. Oh, okay, well, no, that's kind of where the threat is coming from, and it's only when you get into it and you get introduced to um, Iggy and Spike that you think, oh shit, there's something else going on, and then they're the callback to the to the uh, to the Mushroom Kingdom. So I mean, it's quite it's quite easy. It's, it's quite a nice diversion with Scopelli. You think, okay, there could be something something deeper there, and then that again, that entire strand is completely mishandled. Yeah. It becomes very much a, a no. It's 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 a plot vehicle. It just moves you on to the next bit. Very much so, but it serves its purpose. I mean, you mentioned Iggy and Spike there as well. Cooper kids from the game. Cooper cousins here. Um, yeah. But there's also this B plot about these missing Brooklyn girls, uh, which is which is yeah. hinted at in in the start and then sort of carries through. And of course, we learn that Iggy and Spike are actually abducting the Brooklyn girls because they are trying to steal Daisy. Uh, to to abduct yeah. her and take her back to the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, yeah. Now with that, right? Okay. We 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 come to that. We we see them later on, right? Not one of them looks alike. No. So what the fuck template with it? Who are they looking for? Is it just? Oh, it's no, a girl. It's, it must be her. Yeah. I mean, the whole point is they're completely incompetent, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it's all new. I mean, even your most inept. Yeah. I mean, even your 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 inept bumbling kidnappers will think if if I'm looking for somebody specific. Let's look for somebody specific. Let's let's not just you know. We'll 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 take a dark haired one from here, a red head from there, a, a blonde one from there. It'll be one of them, right? Yeah, I mean maybe. I mean obviously because because let's not forget these these guys have evolved from dinosaurs and they see humans as a separate species. Maybe we just kind of all look the same in the same way that we look at cats and dogs and like yeah they all look a little bit different. One might be black with white spots. One might be white with black spots. But dogs yeah, a true. dog in it. I don't know. Um, so yeah. so maybe it's that. I don't know. But yeah, there's there's this abduction plot going on with them. Um, Daisy flees the site to find a phone to report of the goings-on with Scapelli. Gets followed. Um, she's starting to feel a bit antsy about it and ends up at a payphone where Luigi is checking messages for more jobs whilst Mario tries to fix their yeah. broken-down van. So... We then get yeah. Now that I mean that that to me was brilliant as well because I mean it's it's a real callback to that point in time. Whereas like now you wouldn't think to know what's a payphone? Why? What do you do to check? You know how do you check messages from a payphone? Yeah. No, it's because you know, no, it's it's it's, it's the thing of well you just put your mobile out and everything's there. And it's it. No, I mean it, it's it's a great callback. I mean no, Christ, even but no, by the time this came out, even I was like, well, no, people don't really use payphones anymore because you you have a phone in your house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the Luigi and Daisy meet uh, with some prompting from Mario again. Some great chemistry between the brothers. There, Luigi is cajoled into asking Daisy out on a date, um, which moves us forward in the story to the point where we meet Mario's girlfriend, um, whose name escapes me already because it's not Pauline. 
Uh, I'm sure it's Daniela. It Daniela, yeah. And, and by the way, <laughs> whenever Bob Hoskins is wearing anything other than plumber's overalls or workwear in this film, the fashion choices are horrendous. Absolutely. <laughs> Even for the early <laughs> 90s, they are disgraceful. I mean, they... <laughs> yeah. For all the talent involved in this film, the costume designer really, really needs talking to. Um, it's horrible, uh, to the point of bordering on offensive, I would say, for Italian-Americans. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty bad. And it's it's not just a one-off. So you get it in this scene and you get it later on when they're at the Oh, uh, the don't get me started on the Russian club. Kingdom. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I mean, no, it's... <laughs> Okay. Well, we'll but yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I mean, you talk you talk about some iffy choices um, associated with this film, and by God, this is uh, certainly one of them. I mean, even to the point, Daisy shows up for dinner at seven thirty. I think they arrange, and they say they're going to pick her up. She hasn't changed out of her dig clothes. Everyone else is dressed up. She she just rocks up in like looks like she just walked off fucking Jurassic Park, like. What? Yeah, no, it, it it was actually earlier than that. It was six o'clock. They were in street, and I remember because I remember thinking, "Fucking, hell, they're all about 50. Um, no, they, they're getting close to their no their afternoon specials and early bird specials and stuff. Um, and but so I mean that may ex- explain that yes, okay, she has been at work and then she's left and gone straight there. However, everybody else there because it's not a quiet place they've gone to, and everybody there is dressed up. So you kind of get the impression they said that and went. Oh shit! Well, nobody will notice that because it doesn't. It's a dinner scene, so it doesn't matter if there are about a million people there. They're all dressed up as if they've gone out for dinner, you know, as as people do. Most people don't go out for dinner at six o'clock in the evening, and if they do, they're not dressed up to the lines. No, but they'd make a bit of a fucking effort. They wouldn't just rock up in their smelly working clothes. Um, well, no, that's right. Come on, like lazy costume designer. Seriously, <laughs> either that, either that, or somebody's like, do you know what? If she has more than one outfit, it's going to be a continuity nightmare. So let's just go with it. Yeah, who, who does yeah, that? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, we we then find that uh, Mario and Daniela are going to take the van back. Daniela, we said, wasn't it? Did we decide on Daniela? Yeah. Yeah. Going to take the van back. Uh, I'm sorry if we're wrong, by the way, but her name should be Pauline. So then I'd remember. It, her name should uh, be Pauline. You're right. Um I'm fairly sure. I'm yeah. Right. So then uh, Luigi offers to walk Daisy home. Of course, Spike and Iggy are lurking in the background, but we then find out that they've actually been tailing Daniela this whole time. Yeah, it was Daniela, played by Dana Kaminsky, who was also in there. Big. You go. So they, after Mario drops her off, they kidnap her, and Luigi and Daisy get away scot free. Uh, so we think because Daisy agrees to show him the dig site, and when they get there. It's flooded because Scapelli's boys have been in there and sabotaged the waterworks. Um, yeah, and now, what a, no, what a massive coincidence that, a coincidence that is. Of all the ways to sabotage a dig site, you flood it while she's on a date with a plumber. I know, right? And this is the first of a few instances in this film where we get some real hero plumbing. Like, it, this, is like yeah. this is like Michael Bay does plumbing. It's like, let's save the day with our <laughs> wrenches. It, like, I mean, I know they're plumbers and shit, but yeah, there are there are a few times in this film where other action films or adventure films may go for a fist fight or a gunfight. No, here we get hero plumbing. Uh, 
to the point where there's some. Yeah, I think it's a it's a fair point. I mean, you use the character, and you look at other films. I know you, you, there 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 are action films whereby they they enlist a racing driver as a getaway driver. So there are lots of driving stunts. So you kind of go with what you've got. Plumbing, not really a stunt sport. No, but I, I mean, it's it's great. I, I I love that they do that and they follow that through. I think that is excellent. You, you know, you use plumbers, so yeah, they're going to do some plumbing. I think that's great. Uh, yeah, and again, it's kind of in keeping with the tone of what you would expect from a Mario movie as well. No, it's kind of we play to our strengths. We know plumbing and pizza, so we'll go with yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, the 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 brothers fix the the plumbing issue. Uh, only for Spike and Iggy to show up and decide they're going to take Daisy as well. They take her, kidnap her, and jump through a brick wall with her. Um, the brothers follow. Uh, again, we get this thing about Luigi's very much like, oh, you just got to trust your instincts, Mario. Take a leap of faith. Then he jumps through the wall. Mario ends up bumbling it and falling into some horrendous CGI. <laughs> yeah. Really, really bad. Although I did think there may have been inspiration for Thanos' snap in uh, in part of that as well, the way the way everything started disintegrating and coming back again. So they kind of went, I know, in 25 years' time, we can really hone this. And, you know, I say it's horrendous. In fairness, this is 1993. This effect would not have been yeah. cheap. So... Well, it explains where the, where the $48 million went. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of effects in this movie. Yeah, there are. There are indeed. Um, and some quite good, to be fair. So... They end up in the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, I don't think it's ever actually referred to as the Mushroom Kingdom, is it? No, it's um, it's just kind of called, referred to as a parallel dimension, and then there's talk of it, of it being sort of Dino Hatton or something like that. So there's it's kind of it's kind of, it kind of ignores that sort of mushroom part of it and just goes, well, we've made a, a different Earth, so we'll go with that. Yeah. Um... But there is fungus everywhere. Um, it's not explained at this point. It is just very noticeable that there is fungus everywhere. They land in this kind of yeah. bustling metropolis sort of area. Um, I think I think it's here as well that we get our first introduction to Big Bertha. Um, yes. Doesn't she? I think at this point Mario's holding the rock fragment, or Luigi is one of the two of them anyway. Yeah, Luigi's got it, and then somebody tries to take it. Um, like they get mugged by an old granny, who then gets picked up and thrown away by Big Bertha, who then steals oh, the rock for yeah, herself. Look, I only watched this yesterday. I'd forgotten about the granny already. I should have written that in my notes. Like there is a fucking badass old granny who tries to mug them as soon as she. F- yeah. I mean, again, we. But again, it's done in such a fucking cheesy, haphazard way. It's like, oh, you boys should be careful around here, you know, walking around without any weapons. You do have weapons, don't you? No. And then she pulls a gun and stick them up. So, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's signposted, clearly. But, uh, nevertheless, it works. Um, we also cut away to learn of Cooper's grand plan, that he needs uh, both Daisy and the rock fragment, which turns out to be a piece of the meteor that uh, killed the dinosaurs, in order to merge our dimensions. Um yeah. It's at this point it gets stolen by the old lady and the boys get saved by Big Bertha in full on S and M fetish way. Like yeah. what the fuck? Seriously. This is the point where where this really does feel like another film. Like once we're through to the parallel dimension, there are there is rubber, 
and hard edges and spikes and chains everywhere. Yeah. I mean, even if you look at um, Fiona Shaw's office, um, or former office where they're holding Daisy later on, like even the walls in there have got... And it's, I know it's kind of a throwback to the to the games where you had some of the... It's the only way to give the sort of the cavern-type levels texture by you know, making spikes out of triangles. But they've kind of done that as well. Like Even to that point where everything is... not Everything's very angled and very harsh... And it kind of reminded me of um, in Total Recall, where you, where they got where he goes off to Mars. It's it's that so it's 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 an entirely different world where everything's very very similar, just a little bit seedier and a little bit a little bit off. And it kind of reminded yeah, me of that. Yeah, that's an interesting parallel. Actually, it does kind of feel a little bit Total Recall now that you say it. Um, I'd not really thought of it before, but yeah, it definitely does. And and everything is just slightly wrong. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like. If this was a like a fifteen or an eighteen rated film, then yeah, you could just go, oh, okay, that's an aesthetic choice. The, the director's into that kind of thing. Um, this is meant to be a family film, like, and it yeah. is, it is. But I think it's it's done in an innocent enough way. I mean, we talk about sort of with Pixar and stuff like that that they will put stuff in for adults that kids will completely gloss over anyway. It kind of has that feeling too. It's just so in your face that as an adult, you're going. Fucking hell, that's a little bit on the nose, even though for even for even as a sort of nudge and a wink to adults watching a kids film, that's a bit much. Uh, yeah, most definitely, it's yeah, it it really is in your face. There is there is definite sadomasochistic overtones in this other dimension. Um, it's very very strange. Uh, so anyway, uh, moving moving the plot along, and and at this point, like once. This this whole kind of first fifteen twenty minutes, as I say, where we're getting to know the plumbers and we're seeing the interplay between them, like thoroughly enjoyable. It's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a light hearted romp until this point, uh, and this is the point where it takes a turn for the darker. But from here on in, the story just doesn't stop. And by the way, this this film one hour and forty something minutes, like uh, hour forty six. Yeah, like this is not a long film, so it it zips along and credit where it's due for that i don't like any film going over two hours unless absolutely necessary because we're all busy people and let's let's be fair if you can't tell your story in two hours then it needs to be pretty fucking grand um yeah so yeah it, it, it zips along from this point on there, there really is like little room to let up after this oh there's no respite whatsoever once once you get into this bit it's just non-stop action it's just no sequence after sequence after sequence even the bit where they try even the bits where they try to slow it down you've got some set piece happening like the bit where they, they're in the lift realistically a, a sequence in a lift where you, you know, they, they're trapped in a lift behind the things they're running away from and they're trying to hide generally you would you wouldn't expect three minutes of that but it's a sequence and they make them dance and you know they make them my back favorite and sequence and that, that in the because, whole film it's amazing it's... I, and i remember this from when i when i saw it first it's amazing but it's an event yeah Whereas in 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 any other film, that would be right. Okay, they're hiding in there, and we cut away because we want to see something else happening. We don't necessarily want to see them in a lift for three minutes. But in this, all I want to do is watch the gumbers yeah, dance, and and it gets called back brilliantly as well. But we'll we'll get onto that when when we get to it. Yeah. So so yeah, the the boys escape uh, thanks to Big Bertha and her, her jumping boots. Um, we can all see where that's going, um, and then they meet Toad, who is not a small mushroom chap at all he's no. a busker who sings an anti-cooper song and gets all three of them arrested how helpful um yeah 
Uh, at which point they are confronted in the jail by Cooper himself. Um, we get to see Dennis Hopper just absolutely chew the scenery, just take massive well, bites out of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, credit to him; he knows. But what, it's Dennis Hopper. Yeah, kind of, he knows what he's it's doing. It's Dennis Hopper. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows what kind of film he's in. Unlike poor old Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, so before we move on, as well, we're talking about um, them getting. Um, no, we haven't got to the club yet. No, we? we'll get there. We'll get there. No, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No. Um, so he, he, in true villain style, he manages to orate his grand, his grand plan to them and show them his de-evolution chamber by de-evolving yeah. Toad into a Goomba. Um, yeah. Now, now... Interesting, he also de-evolves his clothes into a Goomba uniform, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's a machine in the Yeah, half. yeah, it is. And the Goombas, again, in this, Goombas aren't small mushrooms in this. They're gigantic lizards with tiny little pea heads yeah. in Stormtrooper yeah, outfits. Kind of... Not Star Wars Stormtrooper, yeah. Nazi Stormtrooper. But, you know, they... again, there is a a visual choice being made there. And they, I mean, they're interesting. I think they're really fucking cool. And they do them as puppets, which is great. The puppeteer work is great. You know, it's as a visual effect, it works really well. They all have character, like each one of these things, and there are quite a lot of them. They each have their own kind of character to them. Like Toad still has his haircut with spirals on his head, and they give him his his little uh, mouth organ that he can play. So, um, yeah, so, so just, I mean, that's kind of just to make you know make him quite obviously him, doesn't it? So that you could tell when whenever the one with the harmonica around his neck is on screen, you know it's the nice. Yeah, but like again, like these these are people. Like at the top of their game here, this these these aren't shit puppets. Like they've been no. they've been thought about, they've been well designed, and you get the feeling as I say that they were already there. It just they weren't called Goombas, and he wasn't yeah. called Toad. Uh, so yeah, uh, Toad gets de-evolved anyway into a Goomba, um, and at this point we've just said about the clothes but Mario and Luigi escape by de-evolving Cooper they shove him in a chair and set the de-evolution yeah. machine going he goes up into it and comes straight back down inexplicably yeah at no, no point I was gonna ask is that, it explained because I was, I, like I was I was I was watching it last night and I was I was sat in bed watching it on my iPad and, and I thought I must have nodded off for like half a second because I completely missed the bit where he went in and then he was fine but yeah. we've just seen somebody else go into it and get completely mutated into something else. And I didn't get that. I, I was like, how the fuck did that happen? To a point where I had to go back and watch it again. And I said, he just went in and came straight back out again. Yeah, it's not explained. And to be fair to this film, this is one of only two points in the whole film where I call bullshit. Um, <laughs> this is not explained. I did, for about, I did for about an hour and forty-eight minutes. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I suspect there is something that ended up on the cutting room floor somewhere, and nobody caught it. Nobody went. Hold on a minute. That doesn't hold up anymore because otherwise, yeah. narratively, for what there is, this is pretty tight. To be fair, there is yeah, not I mean, I, a lot I kind of, of stuff thought... that feels extraneous or that doesn't work. It's fairly narratively yeah, tight. Yeah, and the thing is, you get to the next point as well. The next time you see him after that scene, he's in like some form of mud bath. So you kind of, you, well, is, are they now hiding something? Is there some reveal coming? And you just never get it. And you're right. If 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 they've done something 
and that hasn't made the final cut, then that would make sense. But as it is, it just completely goes off the edge. It's like, what? Hang on, what? What did I miss? What yeah. just happened? And it really does pull you out of it as a, as a viewer. Like I had to go. I, I went back and watched it again to make sure I hadn't missed a bit of that sequence, and I hadn't. It was just it, it wasn't there. Yeah, it, it's either either something's on the cutting room floor, or if not, then somebody missed that at pre-pro. Um, but that wouldn't. That's not just somebody. That's somebody's missed it in the script. Yeah, well, he's got to have come the from the, somebody's missed it yeah. in the design. It, that that's a lot of people yeah. to miss. So so you'd think it's just been left yeah. on the cutting floor. But either way, it's it's a really unfortunate misstep because it, it, it is the first point where I go, ooh, hold on a minute. <laughs> Even with all the yeah. absolutely fucking mental shit that we've already seen, I'm like, ah, yeah. Do you know what? It's a fantasy film. I'll go wrong with it. It's escapism, you know, it's not the best film ever made, but it's decent enough, and I go with it. At this point, I go, no, no, that doesn't work. And it's a shame, because this is point one where I get pulled out of it. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, there you go. Um, The boys escape in one of those armoured car things that you were talking about, which is essentially some sort of dodge. um, It's not quite explained how it's powered. Well, it had a power grid overhead, didn't it? So it had like, it's exactly like a Dodger. It had an aerial come out the back that touched the power grid. Well, that um, and that's what powered it. So that when they went off the grid, it, it, it they ran out of power. Now the the continuity bit with that was the car they were on top of for half that yeah, sequence. It's still they driving. They squashed its aerial. Yeah, this is where I was going to get to with it. So again, doesn't make sense now. Ordinarily, I'd probably just let that kind of thing go, but because I'm already questioning the fucking de-evolution thing, I'm like, right. That doesn't make sense either. But it didn't bother me that much. Um, they... I mean, there's an argument. If it's metal on metal, then they may have conducted it through their own aerial if there was metal touching the other car, but that's a bit of a stretch even for yeah. physics. And as the boys are on the way to the car, the fungus tries to give them a bob-omb. Or at least Luigi thinks the fungus tries to give them a bob-omb. Yeah. Mario tells him that he's it's all bullshit and what have you, but Luigi is convinced that the fungus is trying to communicate with them. I give them a bob yeah. uh, They end up leaving it there, jumping in the car. They have what is actually a pretty decent car chase sequence, in all, yeah, in all fairness. Um, it's well choreographed, well shot. The stunts are good. Again, like, the people involved here know what they're fucking doing. They, oh, absolutely. You know, they... I think, and I think you're right. I mean, that that is the sole biggest tragedy of this film, is that there was so much belief in this product and so much effort and so much was done properly. And like to the point where you get to the end and they clearly set it up for an entire run. Yeah. And it just didn't take. And that's the biggest tragedy is that people went into this to make the start of a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or definitely. We'll, I mean, again, we'll, we'll get to the ending when we get there. But yeah, it was certainly intended to be a franchise. Um, so there's hmm. a car chase. The guys go off the edge of a cliff and they are saved by the fungus. The fungus forms a sort of yeah. tarp and catches the car before they hit the ground. Um, or as Luigi put it, it's like they were sneezed out and caught by a giant booger. Great writing. Classy line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's as good a point as any, I suppose, to get on to the dialogue. Um, for as much as I've said, I think it's uh, script. As far as the script goes, it's fairly tight. Um, it, there's a lot of decent techniques at work as well. Like I say, there's a few callbacks and stuff. And in places, I, I did laugh at this, uh, intentionally so as well. You know, I, I laughed because I was supposed to, not because it was so fucking bad. Um, 
but in general the dialogue even with the caliber of actors we've got like they cannot save some of this dialogue people are literally talking in exposition and they are literally talking their feelings throughout most of this film um it's painful it's really fucking painful um yeah i mean yeah i mean i haven't got specific examples because i I kind of repressed a lot of it today but yeah it's just so i mean we talked about dennis hopper chewing the scenery but a big part of it is that some of the dialogue was so bloody heavy yeah i mean for for nothing for no reason it's very on it doesn't add any weight to the story it doesn't have any gravitas but it's so bloody dense a lot of it and it's like and then it's it's punctuated with lines like being sneezed out and caught by a giant bugger it, you it there's some interesting juxtaposition there between some very heavy and very very light-hearted but it just doesn't work and there's so much of it you just go oh i don't need to know that you don't need to tell me that i'll work that out for myself yeah um yeah so it, it on the whole writing is pretty good dialogue is bad I think we can just accept yeah. that, and <laughs> I mean there are some yeah. some class examples if we want them. Things like the but, giant I mean, bugger, things like the scene. Yeah, I mean to be fair though, I mean you look at a Mario uh, Mario game, you could have told this story visually. You didn't need half the dialogue. No, not at all. I I, I cannot wait to see what Illumination do with it. To be fair, um, hmm. but yeah, you, you don't need a lot of that. I mean, there's even things like I say, I, I touched on it earlier. When the guys first get processed at the police station, and there's a whole skit about first name Mario, last name Mario. Yeah. So you're Mario, Mario. Yes, I'm Mario. First name Luigi. Let me guess. Second name Luigi. No, I'm Luigi Mario. Uh, and then there's this mm. whole thing about how many Marios between you? Three. There's Mario, yeah. Mario, and there's Luigi Mario. And it's just how many times can you say Mario in the course of a scene? It stopped being funny after the first one. Seriously. Well, well, that's it. I know it's 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 you kind of you would expect it from a kids' cartoon where you hammer the joke over and over and over again, and if no, but that's not the tone they where they were going with. And it's again, it feels like this is where they've shoehorned the bit in. They just really detracts from where you are in the film. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so yeah, there's there's a brief segue into the uh, the dialogue of it. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, so the brothers escape the chase to get caught by the fungus, and then we get the first of three times where they do this secret Mario Brothers handshake. I am not ashamed to say that I adopted this with some of my friends. <laughs> I knew you. I am also not ashamed to say that I had a massive grin on my face the first time they did it. Uh, yeah, I'm not ashamed at all to admit that we would walk around going glag 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 glag. Yeah. I, yeah, it was like I said, it was all we had. It was all we had. Uh, <laughs> so for so for as bad as the dialogue was, it gave us that classic. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so then we get oh, when the fungus catches them as well. Um, just to yeah. come back to that, it makes a fucking ridiculous Looney Tunes boing sound. Yeah, now that I, I I'd forgotten about that. I remember thinking when I watched, it, I was going to bring that up. It's if you're going for that as you, as your style, I can accept that. But it needs to be consistent. Be consistent. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because at this, it's the only time you ever had anything like that. I mean, I know you. You think well with the car chase, you could have had. No, there were opportunities for things like that. 
where you've had some fairly slapstick comedy before that you could have had this sort of stuff and you've you've chosen to play it so straight all the way through and then for whatever reason you get to this one shot yeah it, and it's just like you they again they forgot what film they were making it's it's really jarring um and there's points like i mean this this happens later on as well whenever cooper's in his office if you listen with all his computers and stuff going in the background they're playing sounds from the mario games you know coin collection yeah. sounds and jumping sounds and those sounds are kind of threaded throughout. Apart from like when the when they use the jump boots, the jump boots don't make a yeah. Mario jumping sound. Yeah? yeah. Whenever they like grab the crystal or anything like that, it doesn't make a coin collecting sound. Like if if you're gonna yeah. do this, then you have to do it and you have to follow through. Uh, because just giving us one boing, uh, like it doesn't work. It again just brings me no. out of the film. Um, yeah, weird, man. Fucking weird. Um, so yeah, that that was my my note on the fungus. <laughs> we we kept back to the palace at this point, and uh, I think by now Daisy's in her dress. Um, they they bring her a dress to wear again. Yeah. Okay, easy fucking win here. Why is she in a pink dress? If if it's purple, well huh? purpley pink, whatever. If it's Daisy, why is she not in a yellow dress? Yeah. What what are you doing, people? This is easy. Um, but you know, this is where we meet Yoshi, and he's referred to as Yoshi, and he's a small dinosaur that, like I said, kind of looks like a weird, realistic version of Yoshi. It's kind of like uh, if if you look at those memes where people have drawn like realistic versions of the Simpsons and stuff like that, and it's nightmare yes. fuel. This is kind of that. It's like this is what Yoshi would look like if he were a real dinosaur, in as much as you can get a real puppet dinosaur. But yeah, yeah. So he shows up and uh, he even uses his tongue. He's even got his tongue attack. He he ends up grabbing. I yeah. think it's here that he ends up grabbing somebody. Yeah, he Lena. grabs Lena by the. Is, Lena is by it the this scene or is it later on? But I think it's. I think it might be later on. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, it's it's the effort that's gone in to build that, uh, to build something into that character that people know, but then it's completely wasted again. Like they don't use it again. Yeah, uh, they don't. And like to, to a point where you think, well, maybe no, maybe they are setting that for the sequel. But it's like, no, when you get the sequel, no, that that world has changed, and no, Yoshi is now free. Therefore, Yoshi can have a bigger part in the sequel. Maybe that was the thought. I don't know, but it just seems like they again they kind of went. Oh well, we'll, we'll put him in there because he's cute. Everybody knows Yoshi, and he's cute. The same people Toad in there, even though he's not really Toad. Yeah. And he kind of went, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah. And they haven't really used it. No, it's, it is odd. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's explained that Yoshi is a is a family pet of the royal family, and it's alluded to that Daisy. Well, Daisy already knows she's a princess. Um, oh, we have skipped over the fact that she's initially held in a room with the other girls from Brooklyn. All eight of them. Oh yeah. Lena comes and refers to her as the princess and takes her away. Um, and the other girls yeah. are just left in their cell to rot. Um, so then Daisy finds out that her father is a fungus and Yoshi is the pet and takes it all remarkably well, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it, it's quite a lot to take in in one fell swoop, but she does take it remarkably in her stride. Yeah. She's very happy that, no, oh, oh, I'm a princess, okay. Oh, my fa- my father's a toadstool, okay. You know, it, it, she doesn't see, nothing seems to phase her. No. So you wonder what sort of upbringing she had with those nuns. Hey, I mean, look, we all know what Catholics are like, so... 
you know, just saying. I'm sure she's seen some shit. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Probably. then, yeah, uh, we cut back to the desert where Spike and Iggy proceed to give the entire exposition to Mario and Luigi in just one huge info dump. Just in case you haven't been paying attention up until now. There's yeah, no I'm, I'm trying to remember, is this before or after they have the uh, the old uh, reverse lobotomy? I think this is before, I believe. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, again, it's this whole devolution, evolution machine whereby you can, no, rather than just making a weapon that can, no, no, that can set things back and can devolve. This machine can also make things evolve, so make them to it and improve them. But whereas everything else devolves into other creatures, when he evolves Iggy and Spike, their brains get bigger. Yeah. Actually, this is afterwards, isn't it? Because they still end up fucking up, um, but then they form a weird kind of alliance with Mario yeah. and Luigi, much in the way that in cartoons you'd get like Skeletor working with He Man or whatever. Um, yeah. They decide to form this weird alliance so that they can all get back and put Daisy and the Rock together, and everybody gets what they want. So, yeah. but and again, I mean that was glossed over so quickly. Again, I had to go back and rewatch that bit because I missed it. Like I said, there is no fat here from from the time we end up in the Mushroom Kingdom. This just doesn't let up. The pace is pretty relentless. Um, which I guess that's why you get these info dumps like you you had to stop for a breather here just in case you weren't following it and in fairness for a kids film like there's some pretty convoluted shit going on as you said Um, so yeah it needed to stop and say you know here are are the two idiot funny characters to bring you up to speed Um, so obviously the guys need the rock so they need to go to the club okay here we go then. Let's talk about the weird bondage club that they go to. Yeah. Where now before we get into the design, right? I've got to say, with it, it took me ages to work out what the song was. Walk the dinosaur. Now, the song that was. That's oh, I love it's a drug. The other song before it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I I had this song rammed down my throat from the age of about three. It was always on in the car. Um, it was one of the few um, the few cassettes my parents would play in the car because there was nothing on that was going to make me and my brother swear or scream. So. Roxy music was always on, and it took me ages to realise it wasn't their version of the song. It was some warped cover, and the reason that it's so stood out, and you said earlier about everything just being you know, almost the same but slightly off, that was the one that jarred me because this song is so fucking ingrained in my psyche anyway that to just hear it slightly off key and slightly slower, it just really, it really got in my head to a point where I've had to listen to it today just to get the fucking thing out of my head again. Yeah. And so everybody's dancing to that to begin with, yeah, doing this kind of weird uh, lizard dance where they shake their head. It's yeah, yeah. Like they kind of there's that, and there's the bit where they kind of almost do the arm bit from Thriller, yes. but then they kind of move into something else. And then there's the fact that and most it, of them just seem to be dressed in underwear. And there is one shot when you first get into the club where the camera is literally parked behind some young actress's ass, and it's just there. It's just extreme close-up on her ass with action happening in the background. Was it a Weinstein for me, Jess? Honestly, it's just... A, how the fuck did you get away with that in a family film? B, why the fuck did you get away with that in a family film? Like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, 
it's just there's no reason again there's no rhyme no reason for all this stuff I mean stuff. to say nothing of the people walking around in basically gimp outfits uh, it's and then in the middle of all of this Mario walks in like he's walked straight out of fucking staying alive in this fucking canary yellow <laughs> flayed fucking suit uh, oh, and then there's I mean, there's a horrendously inappropriate gag with Luigi wearing apparently wearing women's clothes um, I, it, look, it was the nineties. You could do shit like that. Um, but I mean, the whole thing—the I mean, the, the costume design for the whole thing was absolutely fucking atrocious. I mean, we talked about it earlier on, but there's there, there's nothing redeeming about anything anybody wears in this film. No, at no. all. But this this is the point. Like this is the point where this film just really nosedives into terrible. And it, to be fair, they do manage. I, I believe anyway, they do manage to write course. But yeah, Jesus Christ, this whole section is it's, uncomfortable and bad, <laughs> yeah. really bad. So there's they spot Bertha with the rock, basically. It just well, let's say what it is. It's in her cleavage. Um, she's wearing it round her neck, yeah. but she's wearing this ridiculous rubber push-up outfit. The rocks in a cleavage. Mario decides he's going in. Um, yeah, but it, it, but it's not just a case of look, you know, I'll 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 see what I can do. It's very much a case of women oh, love yes. me. I'm yeah, all yeah, over yeah. this Def- shit. Absolutely. Like like the middle aged greasy plumber from Brooklyn who sounds like he's got a spanner in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Is God's gift to fucking absolutely. women. Absolutely, absolutely. He's convinced he's going to seduce her. Uh, oh, I, and I he does. That's the yeah, weird get, thing. He gets all. Although he, he gets he, all grabby as well, uh, he does get grabby. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. But uh, okay, and again, this is where we talk about sort of some of the more adult tone and things like that. You know, the fact that she she just out of nowhere she punches him. Uh, yeah, like, oh. Now, do you remember the follow up line to that as well? It, it was a lot. It was a lot. I, can't, I don't remember the actual line, but it was long lines of "No, hit me again if you want." And she'd say, "I'll hit you all night long." Is that like, again? This is a family film. Yeah, it's. Where are you going? Dance with me and I'll hit you all you like. That's it. Uh, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, fucking hell. Uh, look, I am by no means approved. <laughs> but and look, look in, the, in the right context, if we're watching fucking Dark City or something like that, then I'm all up for this shit. If bring it on. If I'm watching any movie that's not fucking Mario Brothers, I'm all over yeah, that shit. But I don't I don't want this in my Mario. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> and I mean I've got to say, as no, as a as a child watching this, I'd have been no, ten or eleven, whatever it was when it came out. But I wouldn't have got that. It would have just been funny that no, this bloke wanted to be beaten up and she agreed to beat him up. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have really got much more than that out of it. But Again, watching it back, I'm thinking, "Fuck! How did he ever get away with that? How did he get that through?" Because it was a, it was a PG as well over here, wasn't I it? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. So, I mean, how the hell they got that through the BBFC to say, "Yeah, that's appropriate for children." How that's the fine. hell the general aesthetic of this film got through? It, it's beyond me. It's at least a twelve, um, if not a fifteen, yeah. to be honest. But anyway, uh, so they they get rumbled at the club. The police run in. And then, bizarrely, and this is a shame because I, I don't know if this is another one of those things that was cut, but Mario and Luigi play football, American football, with the um, with the Rock. With the Luigi Nets. calls the play, 
and they throw it across the club and stuff. Now, yeah. had that only been seeded at the start, that would have been or at any point great. before then. Yeah, because we we have yeah. had the seeing of Luigi grew up an orphan. You know, we get that uh, right back at the start with Daisy as well, and Mario raised him because their parents had died. Um, yeah, all we needed was for a story about how they used to play football or like you know just. Or they used to watch yeah, football or whatever. And then, and then before they actually get to the Mushroom Kingdom, just, you know, something, they could throw tools at each other, whatever. Had that been seeded, this would pay off here and it would be fucking great. As it is, you just yeah. go, eh? What? Yeah, when, yeah, when did they start playing football? Hasn't Luigi been wearing basketball gear all along? Like, what? Hey, Excuse me? Uh, but anyway, they play football with it. Uh, they end up Bertha inexplicably after they've stolen the rock decides to help them because she's taken a shine to the fat greasy Italian plumber um, yeah. and she gives them and doesn't doesn't she beat up one of her one of her employees yes. as well because the, 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 the cloakroom attendant rat that's mouth. right yeah she does um, and then gives them stompers which are the jumping boots they yeah. put little bullet bill cartridges in them so another another sort of brief homage to the games in that they put bullet bills in these things for them to jump a little bit weird because yeah. bullet bill is name checked on one of the shops so yeah therefore he exists in the world twice but anyway whatever they get the stompers the stompers yeah. don't make the jumping sound that is another mistake uh, yes but they get them they escape um and then we get the second instance of hero plumbing in the film because the guys yes. right, so now the guys need to infiltrate the tower to save Daisy how are they going to infiltrate such a tall tower when it's heavily guarded well what they're going to do is fuck up the central heating system so that they freeze it genius genius absolute yeah. genius <laughs> and again more... now, now where, where I work are we not, We always accuse the uh, the guy who controls the heating of doing this to piss people off because if somebody brings up and says they're cold he turns it down yeah it's it's generally they're it's points like that where I go, you know, this film, uh, it really could have been something with just a little, <laughs> if there had been a consistent vision and a little bit more care and attention, this really could have had something. Because I love the idea of the fact that they're plumbers, so they save the day with plumbing. That is great. Yeah, rather than going in and blowing shit, no, rather than going in and John McClane again, or shooting yeah. and killing everybody or blowing stuff up, ah, we'll just make everybody cold. But they treat the plumbing sequences like, like, Rocky treats boxing sequences. <laughs> they're like oh, absolutely, they're and there's a the brilliant call. And things. Like... <laughs> yeah, and there's a brilliant callback to it as well, where they're where um, where they're escaping down a chute, and they're on a mattress being chased by the gumbers, and it's all frozen because they've turned the heat down. down. Yeah, yeah, it's. I say like, it's it's I say it's so bloody tight. Yeah, it's great. It's just a shame. It's such bollocks. I know. It's like they, on the whole, this film is absolutely fucking ridiculous like ridiculous that is the only word for it but it almost almost gets away with it because it's so tight it really does nearly nail it there's just these these little things like the club and uh the boing sound and it's just it's like they pissed it away honestly um look having said that this was never going to be a masterpiece but no it could have been something it really could have um so they turn off the heating, and then they steal the jumpsuits from the locker. They steal the Mario jumpsuits, sort yeah. of, no, okay. because the hats are wrong. What? 
they are, but they're also there in boiler suits. They should be in dungarees. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, they're wearing boiler suits, whereas they should be in. The, yeah, I hadn't thought it. it's because. So, so they got the colours right, and they kind of got the sort of the, the the look almost right, but they're wrong. They should be in. They should be in dungarees yeah, with the coloured tunics. This is classic kind of nineties and early two thousands superhero logic, almost, isn't it? We're like we can't have primary coloured spandex, so we're going to make the suits look as though they're in the real world. Uh, whereas actually, yeah. you know, twenty years later, Marvel came along and went, "Nah, fuck that. We'll make them look like they look in the comics," and everybody loved it. Um, and it's the yeah, same absolutely. thing here. The color scheme is right, but instead of instead of using dungarees, I mean, it's so good, I hadn't even clocked that. You know, I, I just figured I knew they didn't look exactly right, but the colors were right. So I was like, always, oh, always poke me on the poster. Yeah, always poke me on the poster yeah, because they got the, the blue arms and and stuff. So it kind of looks like dungarees, yeah. but yeah. It kind of looks like it could be, yeah. It's just not quite. It's not quite right. But again, I never understood it. They're at that point where they they go into that. Um, they go into their hero plumbing bit, and then they change, and they make a point and say, "Oh, we'll we'll blend in by dressing like nobody else has ever fucking dressed." Yeah, in bright primary colours. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you want to blend in a, a an evil dictator's lair? You don't wear bright red and bright green. No. However. After yeah. they've stolen the suits, we get another Mario Brothers secret handshake, which is awesome. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let them off. Uh, and then we get to my favourite sequence in the whole film, the lift escape. Um, which, yes. I, again, now, that, that sounds, was absolute yeah, and genius. It sounds way more exciting than it is. When I say the lift escape, yeah. it sounds like it's like some really tense action sequence. No, this is the boys riding up the tower in a lift that gets slowly filled by Goombas. Goombas are de-evolved and stupid, as we've said. And I don't know where this fucking idea comes from, but, like, Luigi's listening to the elevator music and just decides to make the Goomba at the back sway. But not only that, but the, th- the whole thing of it, yeah, you know, it makes... I think one of them is sort of, you know, there may be a head movement or something. Oh, I bet I can do this. But he puts hands on it. As soon as you put, hand on, put a hand on it, it knows you're there. Yeah. Well, he kind of grabs it around the waist and leads it, and then Mario does the same, and they set the Goombas dancing, and then yeah. Now, what you can't see is I'm actually swaying while we're talking uh, about this. So am I. I'm trying to work out the mechanics Fuck, of it. That's weird, isn't it? I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing exactly the same thing. I'm doing the Goomba swing. Just for people listening, we we very often do these um, in the same room, but we are actually um, doing it online tonight, so that's actually quite scary. But I was I was sat here just sort of gently rocking back and forth. I, I've even got my hands out as though I'm holding a Goomba's waist. Uh, yeah, so have I. <laughs> okay, we have issues. <laughs> oh, that that that's been apparent for a while. Yeah. So they set the Goombas dancing and then escape through the top of the lift, um, through the hatch, and then the then the Goombas proceed to turn around to each other and take partners and just continue their dance in the lift. <laughs> yeah, I know that that really did bake my sweet ill. I was like, where the fuck did that come I from? I don't know, but I love it. Like I said, this this film <laughs> is ridiculous. And it's like this yeah, the, this the, is one of those points where everybody watching just went, Do you know what? Wouldn't it be really funny if <laughs> And and they just go with it. And again, they, they take it seriously, they see it through, they go with this gag to the point where the lift doors open on like a Goomba drill sergeant. Who barks yeah. orders at them and they all stand to attention and they're like, "What? Us? We yeah, so, no." I'll run off very sheepishly. Yeah. Uh, it's genius, absolute genius. Yeah. Now, I so say for all the all the smack I've talked about this film so far, that is possibly one of my favourite. See, my favourite non scene. So it, it's a nothing scene, 
but it's one of my favourite scenes in pretty much any yeah, film. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Um, and as I say, gets called back later on, which I'll bring up when we get to it, but gave yeah. me absolutely the biggest laugh of the whole film. Um, yeah. So we then get another scene with Daisy where Lena comes uh, to see her, or first of all, Toad comes in with a, with a plate of meat. Uh, she yes. helpfully tells him that she's a vegetarian and asks for a plate of steamed vegetables. Um, Toad very enthusiastically nods. He's just happy to help, bless him. He's a sweet little goomba. Um, and off he runs to get her a plate of steamed veggies. Quite why she didn't take the meat and give it to Yoshi is beyond me. Um, but she didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, bad dinosaur owner. Um Lena, Lena comes in again, spends far too long orating her grand plan as she tries to kill Daisy, giving Yoshi enough time to use his tongue. Uh, grabs Lena by the legs in a in a boss ass Yoshi move. I thought he was going to eat her, but doesn't. Starts to drag her, mm. uh, and she fucking stabs him in the neck. Yeah, like... no, I've, I've got to say as well, um, Fiona Shaw who plays Lena, I absolutely love. Um, and I remember at the time, I she was in Three Men and a Little Lady, and she was Tom Selleck's pseudo love interest. And I just remember her being so over the top in that. And then obviously, as time went on, she she was Arpetunia in Harry Potter. And she's always done these sort of very vicious roles. She never plays nice characters. She always plays these sort of fairly vicious, fairly underhanded roles. But at the time, I'd just seen Three Men and a Little Lady. So then seeing her in this, I really wasn't expecting her to be some psycho bitch. Um, and then going back to last night, so seeing seeing her in that role, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember thinking the first time that's not what she's like." Yeah, yeah. I mean, just stabbing Yoshi is pretty harsh. Um, yeah, that's hard. Again, for a kids' film, where it's a very graphic stabbing, yeah, okay, it no is. blood. Like, but it's right, it's right, it's front and center of that of that shot. Yeah, it's, it's fucking horrible. Oh, you know, she stabs him in the neck. Anyway, all of this buys Daisy enough time to, to run away. Um, so she runs away. Straight past poor old Toad, who's brought her a lovely plate of steaming vegetables from the kitchen, and looks so pleased with himself. Although you've again, you've got to you've got to wonder the physics because it would no, they wouldn't have steamed that fucking quick. No, but still, he's gone to but, all yeah, of the Yeah, you're right. Coming back, he looks so pleased with himself. He's so excited to give her the vegetables, and she just bolts straight past him without so much as a thanks. The fucking ungrateful bitch. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, she is a bit of a cow in various instances of this film. Yeah, totally. But not only that, in the ensuing carnage where she gets stopped by fucking gumbas with flamethrowers, Toad then gets set on fire. And he's running around on fire with a plate of fucking steamed vegetables. What did poor old Toad ever do to deserve that? Yeah, although to be fair, she did go back and put him out. She does put him out, yeah. So I guess she redeems herself there. Um, sort of, yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's this whole. Like, given that she is, she's not the no, she's not the central focus of the film, but she is, she's, um, but it's it's a toss up between her and the Rock as to which one's the MacGuffin, to be honest. Um, but it's like they went, oh shit, we actually need to give her a little bit of character because at the moment she's just kind of an insipid bitch. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it is actually both of them, as we'll find out at the end. Um, but she then runs into Spike and Iggy. Uh, who yeah. who are turncoats at this point because they see everything that's going on with Lena and they're just kind of going to be yeah. out for themselves. So they take her to meet her dad, to meet King Fungus. Um, yeah. She enters the royal chamber, starts talking to a fungus, and then 
And again, is remarkably okay with the whole yeah. thing that her father is this totally. fungus in a two, this no, in a two, a network of two. Totally accepting that is her father. Um, yeah, who she never met. No, and then randomly, not only has Yoshi survived, thank Christ, um, which he definitely wouldn't have because that day she stabbed him in the fucking neck. Um, not only has he survived, he somehow managed to escape. Bearing in mind he was manacled to the fucking wall, still has the manacle on when he gets yeah. down there. And Daisy, yeah, inexplicably, suddenly, <laughs> fucking removes it. Like, why couldn't yeah. she do that? No, earlier? Why couldn't she do that when they're yeah? But I know he was trying to gnaw through it earlier yeah. on, wasn't he? Um, he was trying to gnaw through the chain. But the the point I was going to make is that you were you were around about the time of Jurassic Park when this came out as well. So as long as you can get out of the chains, you can open the door because we've seen them do it. Yeah, I. But I, the only conclusion I can draw here is that Daisy likes seeing fucking animals suffer. Like she didn't, she didn't give him the fucking meat. She didn't set him out of his chains when he was gnawing them. She didn't say thank you to Toad. She let Toad get set on fire. Okay, she went back and put him out. Just to, you know, I guess she felt bad. But like, <laughs> either she's stupid or just so self-involved that she doesn't see any of this going on. Like, why didn't she take the chains off earlier? Anyway, uh, anyway. anyway. Um, uh, as part of all this, Mario also now finds out that Daniela is being held with the other eight Brooklyn girls because up until this point in the film, Mario didn't even know that she's been taken. He's just along for the yep. ride. How the fuck? <laughs> but I, I, until yeah. it gets revealed, I didn't even question it. And then I was like, oh yeah, shit, he wouldn't know because he dropped her off. He dropped her off and then they put a bag over her, yeah. So he goes to save Daniela, breaks them out of jail, um, and they run in... Again, one of these stupidest sequences ever where you know, they have this whole you know, silent dialogue with sign language and all the rest of it, and then some other birds, you go, Ah, Mario, come save us, hey! And it's like, fuck's sake. And, and yeah. I, know it's, I know it's intentional, I know they've done it as a joke, but it's just like, for fuck's sake. You didn't need to yeah. signpost and it. And they, uh, as, you, as you said earlier on, they use a bed to kind of surf down yeah. a frozen pipe which is a great callback as well they're using a pipe to traverse just like mario would um yeah and it's frozen because they froze the building yeah so it, when they're trying to escape from the gumbers there's then a mechanism for stopping them yeah although bizarrely there's also a, there's also a, a completely unfrozen metal grate where you can stick his wrench in or his spanner in to then flip over their whatever they're sliding on so it's like Continuity-wise, it doesn't really work, but there's enough thought has gone into it to make this sequence work. Same as the car sequence. There's enough in it to make it interesting enough that you've got to kind of go, yeah, whatever. And you forgive what are quite blatant mistakes. Yeah, it's okay. And it, again, it's a well-shot action sequence. Um, yeah. Th- there's a point here, there's a callback, which I missed bringing out earlier on. Um, earlier on, when there's a, t- a slight patch of downtime when we're doing some exposition, Cooper tries to order a pizza with a load of disgusting stuff on it. Um, and then just when all of this shit is is going on he starts barking out orders to everybody and we get him shouting out and where's my pizza Uh, Yeah. so it's a nice call back there and then we get it a third time when Cooper confronts Mario and Luigi after Mario comes out of the pipe on the bed into the centre of of the dino city Yeah. Uh, and as he has Mario in a great big showdown over his walk, over his walkie-talkie, rather, you hear your pizza's here, and you get yeah. you get a great 
performance from Dennis Hopper as you expect. But then that is followed up by what is easily my favourite moment of the whole film. Because just as shit's about to get real, the walkie-talkie buzzes again and you get... Sir, the Goombas are dancing again. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just genius. Yeah. Because you you get that, and then you I think you get the Goombas dancing a third time as well, don't you? Do you do at the end. They yeah. set them off, and they yeah. So I mean, you know, it's again this full of stuff like this, and I think this this is the sh- this is why it's such a shame that it doesn't really hold up that well as a film because the the way it's written, so there are some re- some very well used techniques in it, some very well established techniques that are used to great effect, and it just kind of it's they're let down by the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so we get this bit of a standoff um, where Cooper ends up in a cauldron of sorts, um, kind of mimicking the kind of big clown balloon that you get in Super Mario World, I guess. Um, so points for that. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of a cross between that and I think in one of the Mario's wasn't there a sequence in a mine where he was in like a mine car. You might be thinking of Donkey Kong Country there. Um, maybe I can't yeah. remember, but yeah, I mean, it kind of had a so it just kind of felt like that sort of a setting that you could have had that quite easily. Um, so yeah, I mean, they've, they've done quite well in that respect. And again, the the design of the film wasn't it was pretty well received. People people went on about you know, how how well it looked, how you know, how interesting it looked, how interesting the, the world they built, and it's just the film overall didn't really live up to it. And I think it's the sort of thing that you can see that type of thing paying off when you get to this big standoff and this big you know, this big scene at the end where it's a very big, very tense scene added to by the you know, bomb just you know, waddling along and you know, when's it going to go off? Sort of thing. But it's, the whole the whole atmosphere of this you know, this scene, it's very you know, it's very much gives that tension. And I don't know if you, if you did, I did it several times as a, as a younger person. When I got to these end boss battles, these no, these standoff standoffs with Cooper and um, what was the one on Super Mario? Was it Tatanga, the alien? Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. The Game Boy Land. version. Yeah, yeah. When I yeah, when I got to those and I died, and I got that no, that's the, the I do, go into these fights thinking, oh fuck, I've got one life left, I've got two lives left. That's the kind of feeling I had getting into this standoff because I I've been there, and I think anybody who's ever played a Mario game to completion has been at that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's very tense, and it's, it, this whole thing's very well done because we do start to get all of these disparate plot threads coming together. So the rock gets lost amongst this kerfuffle, and Lena picks it up and heads yeah. to put it back into the meteorite and start merging the worlds, which she does. But we then learn that she can't contain the power, and only Daisy can. So she gets fried, uh, hence the reason for yeah. needing Daisy and the rock. Yeah, you know, so that works. Then we get this really weird sequence, which just doesn't really belong, other than to tie up Scapelli, where Cooper yeah. and the Mario's get sucked through back into Brooklyn, and Cooper's got a handheld devolution gun, which is a super scope, a Super Nintendo super scope, which I guess why yeah. not? Um, yeah, why turns not? Scapelli into a chimp. Um, yeah, no, I'd rather seen somebody with the old the the NES gun, the Duck Hunt gun, just because that would be funnier. But yeah, Super Scope. Will I do. mean, at, at least they didn't use a power glove, which seems to be the thing that all films go for to signify video games in the late early and eighteen nineties. Yeah, uh, early nineties, not eighteen nineties. What the hell? Um, <laughs> so yeah, you get that that weird sequence. Um, I, doing all this as well, just before they get sucked through. 
um, Mario winds up the bomb that Luigi has taken from the fungus and places it down. It starts wandering towards Cooper and drops through a grate. Um, it's very cute, uh, but yeah, yeah. And again, no, th- this film was an absolute toy machine. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you'd see th- no, there were things like that around for fucking ages. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so as as the worlds merge back, um, Toad goes to help Luigi and Daisy. Um, Goombas are flooding in left, right, and centre. And at this point, he starts playing the waltz song on his little harmonica that he's got around his mouth. And all the Goombas start yeah. dancing. So Toad actually does turn out to be a good Goomba. He's not totally brainwashed and loyal like all of the others. Um, yeah. Why the fuck he'd help Daisy after she let him get set on fire is beyond me. But but, but I mean, why he you know why he wasn't as brain dead as all the others, and why he wasn't as loyal and brutal and all the rest of it. That that no, that doesn't make any sense either. There's there's no reason for him to not have changed. No. to be exactly the same as the no. others. But anyway, he didn't. I'll accept it because he's he's cool. I like Toad. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably my favorite character, to be fair. So. Yeah. Um, Bertha shows up. She gives some stompers to Luigi, um, which lets Luigi jump over to Mario and throw him the devolution gun. So he shoots Cooper. Cooper falls into the cauldron, turns into some weird dinosaur snake yeah, thing. So, yeah, it's kind of like some some, t- some devolved T Rex. Yeah, that? and they eventually devolves into a pile of goo. Um, yeah. Primordial, primordial slime and that. Yeah. Now, now at this point as well, though, while all of this is going on, we track the bomb again. Um, I think it's the bomb that actually blows Cooper into the cauldron, isn't it? Yes. Now, yeah. this is the other point where I call bullshit. Okay. So we get a funny gag with yeah. the bombs wearing Reeboks. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. But how the fuck yeah. does it defy the law of gravity and walk upside down on the catwalk? Well, you kind of, I think you kind of got one line. It's got sticky feet, like so. It just follows whatever surface it's on. That's not really explained at all, though, is it? It just happens. Um, yeah, there's well, a, there's enough explanation anyway, in this film without that. Yeah, it it works, I guess. Cooper um, <laughs> gets de-evolved. Um, now, at the same time that Cooper gets de-evolved, the king is miraculously re-evolved. Yeah, now what the actual fuck is yeah, that all again, about? again, not explained. And now, the, the, the whole thing with the king, you know, the king is this fungus that's all over the kingdom, and he's breaking away and sort of you know, becoming spores and all the rest of it. So, when he comes back, shouldn't he be missing like an arm or something? You'd think so. But I mean, also, surely, if he's de-evolved by the process of Cooper's machine or a gun... Then surely he needs that to re-evolve. To evolve, yeah. You can't just suddenly. It's not like a magic thing where you you kill the caster no. and, uh, yeah, bollocks. Even more inexplicably, the king is fucking Lance Henriksen. Like, <laughs> the he, he gets like ten seconds of screen time. What? Why yeah. the fuck would you pay Lance Henriksen for ten? You could have had anybody in that role. You li- yeah, there's literally no literally need for anybody. anybody. You could, you could have had the sound guy's next door neighbour, or the guy who delivered the pizza. Yeah. To just say, look, do us a favour, jump in that chair for a minute. You don't need to say anything because the line was like, oh, I lo- really love those plumbers. Yeah. I could have done yeah, that. Yeah, totally. But no, they. I'd have been ten. I could have fucking done that. They go for 
Lance Henriksen. I mean, if you really wanted someone in there, shoot me for this if you like. Why didn't they get Captain Lou Albano? Yeah. Right? He looks like a king, right? He's played Mario, yeah. so there's an in-joke there. Like, I was saying that. I mean, is is the only possible explanation. They're, they, you know, they're setting up for the sequel and he's going to have a part in it. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's the reason. That, no, they're... they're I don't know, at this point, Cooper, Cooper's gone, so they kind of need to do something now to sort of, to see the next one. So maybe that, maybe that's it. Maybe, but anyway, yeah, the king, king is Lance Henriksen. Weird. Um, so yeah. yeah, he says, "I'm going to love those plumbers." Um, the, the portal's back open. The Mario Brothers are about to. Jump yeah, she through. yeah she opens it with the yeah. with the the the, the, the rock, and she she you know does this funny thing where it's at an angle, and if it's at this particular angle, it gives off a beam yeah. of light, and it'll open up the whatever. Yeah, bollocks. Daisy decides um, that she's staying because these are her people, and blah blah blah. Now, at this point, and I'm sorry, this really is bad writing. Um, and it, to be fair, I think this is the first instance of really, really bad writing, and it can't be anything else. Um, mm. Why doesn't Luigi stay? Like, yeah, he's got nothing to stay, nothing to go back for. No, his whole world now is in this kingdom. Mario yeah, he, you know, should he, be pushing he, he, him he, to staying as his father figure, and as has been seeded all throughout the film, like he's constantly telling him what to do because he's a bit of an idiot and doesn't see what's in front of his face. Like, yeah, why doesn't he stay? I don't get it. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. No, I I don't get it at all his ending is for him to stay yeah and I mean, even to the point where the because we go for, we jump for this so it's, it's a couple of weeks later on and they're watching to, he's watching his unsolved mystery program again and it's, it's talking about them um and daisy bursts in no all the no, machine gun and no, commando fucking um no bullet straps and all the rest of it, so you're never going to believe this that could have quite easily been luigi it would have been better if Mar- it was luigi <laughs> And then Mario has a reason to go back and get involved. Well, whereas as it is, for for, for what they were clearly setting up for a sequel, Luigi will go back for Daisy, and then Mario will have to go back for Luigi. But if if it's Luigi coming back because he stayed and he's coming back because he needs his brother's help, that's a lot more yeah. fucking pointed. Or Luigi stays and it's Daisy that comes back, and it's just like Mario, you've got to come back. It's Luigi. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> like. But yeah, and and that's the end. Like very clearly being set up for a franchise that never yeah. happened. Yeah, and I mean that's that's only gonna no, that's gotta be because it because it tanked commercially. No, I mean, and that's what I don't understand. This is this was probably the hottest property on the planet. I mean, you you were ten years out from Jedi, ten years removed from Jedi. So Star Wars was kind of a faded thing. You had a new generation of kids who would have been aware of it, but no, hadn't seen it first time around. And probably wouldn't have cared as much. Um, you were not, and you were still sort of no, six, six years away from Phantom Menace. So Star Wars wasn't a thing. Indiana Jones had come and gone. There wasn't any real franchise that was going to do the same sort of bank. There's no reason for this to have tanked. No, and or there's no reason for Nintendo and Disney to have believed this would have tanked. And I don't get why it did, other than the fact that it wasn't the Mario that people were looking for. It's because it's weird. It's it's well, yeah, maybe just weird. It is, and that is that is my takeaway from this film. Um, is it a bad film? Yes. I don't think so. I don't think it's terrible, anyway. 
Sorry, before before we go into the uh, into some of, talking about sort of the film and talk about, oh, it's 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 in, oh, impact on us. There's, did you did you see the post credits bit? Yes, yeah, there is a post credit. I would for- yeah, I'd forgotten distinct. it was there. I'd been told about it years ago, and I'd forgotten about it. Um, but for people who haven't seen it, um, you get um, two Japanese business executives propose making a video game based on Alien Spike, who are now trapped on Earth, who decide on the title Super Cooper Cousins. So again, tying back to the you know, to the, the original material that we're not the. Um, uh, back to back to the games, and it kind of makes this whole thing. It's it's one of the more meta jokes, um, and there should be more of throughout this project. And if you made this, if you made this movie now, it would be absolutely littered with them. Oh yeah, I mean the post credit sting is now a thing, isn't it? You know, since yeah. Marvel, um, everybody seems to have a a post credits sequence in there. So yeah, I guess it was a maybe a little bit ahead of its time i suppose um in terms of that you know it's not yeah it's not something that you you were seeing a lot i don't think in the, in the 90s anyway oh god no no absolutely not so so yeah all credit to him i mean interestingly having said that um we we sort of talked about some of the um some of the various talent that that was involved in this and what they went on to do and and stuff like that. Now, the AD on this film is actually the producer of a lot of the Phase One Marvel films. Um, so, okay. you know, maybe that's that's where that starts to come in. Not not that I'm saying we wouldn't have that without this, but you know, who knows? It's yeah, it's Luis Desposito who yeah is the producer mm. for the first Iron Man. Uh, he's also the producer of Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, you know, that's that's pretty impressive pedigree, you know, when you consider he started yeah, making Mario Brothers as an AD. But I mean, this didn't seem to harm that many careers. This this movie, for all for all, all the flack it gets, it didn't do that many people that much harm. I think its flack, to be fair, is more because it's such a piss poor adaptation of the property. Yeah. And I think a lot gets leveled at it because it's a video game adaptation. And certainly for the next 15 to 20 years after this, it was just a get out for a bad film. Oh, it's a video game adaptation. And believe me, yeah. we'll dive into plenty of them on this podcast because there's loads oh, God, yeah. of them. And most of them are absolutely fucking atrocious. Um I don't think this is that bad. Is it good? No. As I said earlier on, it's not a good film. It's certainly not. But it's enjoyable. Look, I had an hour and 45 or whatever it was watching it, and I was not bored once. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Um, I don't think you have time to be bored in this film. I mean, as I said, it doesn't stop. No. And I think that's that's one of the things, that's probably one of the saving graces. If you, if you were to apply... Any sort of um, any of the writing templates where you know any any beat sheets or anything like that, trying to apply to this film, it doesn't fit any of them. It doesn't fit any of his molds. But I think if you try, if you if they had tried to fit to write this film to one of those to save the cats and like that, it would there would be so much drag. Yeah. And the film would run to sort of two and a half hours because that fits so much in to try and hit these beats. Whereas in reality, they don't need to. Yeah. And I think. I mean, you, you talked around about the writing being tight. I think it's probably one of the best examples. They did keep it down to a hundred-ish minutes. Yeah. Whereas they could have, they could have quite easily run it. I mean, if they, if they made it now, you'd probably be talking two and a quarter, two and a half hours. 
Yeah. Just because of all the stuff that have tried to get in to try and fix I'm, the pacing. I'm making it. no mistake about it. If this was an extra quarter of an hour in length, 20 minutes, I think I'd feel entirely different about it. I think I would be saying, oh my God, this fucking film, because it would feel like a slog. Um, but it doesn't. Yeah. It's in and out, and it's enjoyable. And there's some, redi- well, there's a lot of ridiculous shit in there. It's a fucking mental film. Um, mm. I kind of like that about it. Um, it it is what it is, and if you take it at surface level, yeah, it's, it's okay. Like we 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 use this yeah, as I mean, the, don't, don't we use this as the barometer, thinking that like okay, it's going to be is it better than Mario Brothers? Because Mario Brothers is a legendarily bad film. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case as we talk about these other films. I think this is actually going to be a relatively difficult film to beat in terms of bad films. I, thought, I mean, I think that, I mean, I've only ever walked out of one film. I've come close a few times, but I've only ever walked out of one film, which I'm yeah, not going to tell you what it is, it. Yeah, because yeah, we'll yeah. cover that. Um, but this isn't, this isn't on a par with that. But at the same time, having, no, having seen this film as a child and gone 20 years without seeing it again, and in those intervening years, grown up, gone to film, gone to university, gone to film school, made a film. Looking back at this now, I think, fuck, why did they do that? Why would you ever, what What? What are you doing? And I kept sitting there going, why the fucking hell have they done that? And there were so many things that pulled me out of this film, narratively, mm. that I found it quite difficult to watch. So, I mean, and that's the sort of thing that's going to keep coming up, I think, is that, yeah, okay, if, if you if you were to look at this, as, as a child, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted, what I expected, what I, no, what I thought Mario would be. And so for that reason, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would the reasons I've not enjoyed it this time are very much more based on on adult consciousness, but that's not who this film is aimed at. This film is aimed supposedly at a family audience who love Mario Brothers. At weird families who like S and M. That's that's who it's aimed at. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean it's it's a difficult one. And animal cruelty. now you're just talking poor aren't you? (laughs) Um, but there's no there's nothing about this film that should be bad, and it, was, it had a good cast. It had no, it, it had production values were good. They spent a lot of money on it. It was one of the hottest properties at the time. I mean, for the early '90s, there was nothing bigger than Mario. Mario was everywhere. No, Mario, no, there was a lot of a lot made of no, no Mario versus Sonic. Sonic and suck balls, quite frankly. You know, Mario was the the icon of, of this period. There's no reason why people shouldn't have wanted to see this movie, other than it wasn't a fucking Mario movie. Yeah, it really isn't. It's called Super Mario Brothers. Um, it's really oh, and the not fucking, other than uh, name. The yeah. whole thing of naming the Super Mario Brothers through that Unsolved Mysteries type program. Where oh, they go, yeah. And they, call, they were That's the Mario. Bad. And I personally would call them the that. Super Mario Brothers. What the fuck? Mm, it's yeah. like so they went, oh, hang on. We've got nothing to hang the name on other than the fact that they're the Mario Brothers and they just saved the fucking universe. Oh, yeah, we need to hang the title on something. So they gave Joe exposition in the TV. You never even see the the thing of name in the movie. Oh, no, just no. So for and it's things like that that really put me off off this film. So I'm sure it's not going to be the worst film we ever see, but as a starting point, it's pretty fucking bad. Oh, I mean, they're all going to be bad. Look, like, like I said, this is not a good film. It's not, um, but I don't think it's going to be the worst film we subject ourselves to by a long shot unfortunately <laughs> um, but yeah you know 
that's what we do in the name of entertainment. So, uh, I'm and to be fair, it just gives us a chance to watch movies. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I really want to watch quite a few of the ones that we're going to be looking at, but you know, um, I'll give it a go. That's, uh, these are the sacrifices we make for the listeners. Yeah, um, I mean, this this podcast came about because Mark and I do tend to watch horribly bad movies. Uh, it's actually something that we do when editing. Uh, we'll wait for something to render and throw a bad film on. So pretty experienced in the field of, of bad films and i say bad in inverted commas like i said you know one man's trash is another man's treasure and making yeah, a film there's some hard. of these yeah and there, there are some of these that we'll talk about where you know some people talk about films that so are, are, are really bad and others other people talk about films that are so bad they're good and some of these will come into that category i'm sure there'll be some things that people go what the fuck are you doing that for that was horrendous and we'll find something in it that just appeals or something that ticks a box for us. So, it's, I mean, that, that's kind of the whole point of this, of, of this sort of exercise. And that and finding out probably the, possibly the worst film ever made. Yeah. Okay, so we have our bar set. The bar is Super Mario Brothers, the movie. And it's pretty fucking low. Yeah. So where we go from here, let's see. If you guys have any suggestions, if you want to subject us to something that you think is so horrible it's going to be the worst thing we've ever watched hit us up let us know we'll track it down and we'll watch it Uh, yeah i mean by all means get in touch i mean it's we we always love hearing from listeners anyway but i mean if you've got anything that everybody has that movie they hate that everybody else seems to love all that it's for whatever reason we all have it and nobody can explain why but I mean, by all means, get in touch if you've got one. Drop us a line. Let us know where they are. You can find us on Facebook with the Double Up Podcast Network. You can go to our website and email us through there. That's www.ddpodcast.net. You can find us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got a list as long as my arm of, of films to go through already. But throw you, throw yours in the ring as well. Throw, throw your hat in the ring and get us to uh, to watch some more horrendous shite because just, it's kind of what we do, really. We're challenging you guys. The worst, the better if that makes sense. The worse a film you can find, the more likely we are to watch it. So just just hit yeah. us. Give it your best shot. <laughs> just throw it our yeah. way. I don't know why we're Absolutely. doing this, as I said at the start of the podcast. I really, sometimes I make questionable life choices. <laughs> this, yeah, join the club. this may be one of them. But yeah, so there you go. Until next time, I guess that's Mario Brothers. See you later. <laughs>